Welcome back to another episode of Win Championship Repeat Boston Sports Podcast. And on this week's episode of the podcast, we are going to be looking at some Celtics rumors, looking at the uh, Red Sox for a second, and something involving potential free agent signings. Um, And then we will also be looking at the Patriots, and I want to look at something uh, just a little bit um, with them. So let's let's get started with... um, the Celtics. So there was an article posted uh, by Jake Fisher of Bleacher Report. Um, and then you can find this anywhere. Um, he reported that um, the Celtics were interested in a deal with Marcus Smart in Atlanta, which was basically going to be Cam Reddish and Kevin Herter as the framework. They didn't give any exact details on any sort of potential deal, the hard facts, but they gave a framework which was Marcus Smart for Cam Reddish and Kevin Herter. Now, obviously, Kevin Herter is a great, you know, three-point shooting. Uh, He's young, he's 22 years old, or actually he's 23 years old, and Reddish is 22. Obviously, now Cam Reddish is in New York, so that doesn't help in that sense, but what I do believe is that if Herter is someone they're interested in, and there are also rumors of potentially John Collins that they're interested in, I could see the Celtics really trying to make some sort of a move in uh, Boston, kind of uh, Marcus Smart deal surrounding Kevin Herter and surrounding um, John Collins. Obviously, I don't know who said no on this one. I don't know if it was Atlanta who was interested and the Celtics said no. The problem with sort of a framework of Cam Reddish and Herter for Marcus Smart is that you're basically bringing in two guys who would be fighting for one spot. So you have Tatum, who would be your power forward. You'd have Jason uh, Tatum, who's a good three-point shooter. He would be uh, a big part of this team, a young player. You'd have these young guys. Jalen Brown would be either a shooting guard or a small forward, depending on where um, Herder or Reddish go. So you'd have either Herder or Reddish taking that shooting guard small forward spot next to Jalen Brown, which I don't know if they would have wanted both of those guys, and maybe that's why this deal didn't really pan out, because maybe they had interest in Herder or interest in Cam Reddish, but didn't want to go and get both because they didn't have a need, at least in the starting lineup, right? They could use at any point in time a point guard and if the Atlanta Hawks had a point guard outside of Trey Young that they could move, that the Celtics would have interest in, then you could have seen maybe a Cam Reddish or a Kevin Herter trade with a point guard involved because they don't need two wings uh, because Jalen Brown is a wing and you'd either put Herter or Cam Reddish in that starting lineup. And so Marcus Smart is a good ball handler and he helps the team in that regard. But at the same time, you'd also have to deal with the fact that, um, you know, there is a uh, situation in which, you know, a third team could have gotten involved and maybe Cam Reddish would have gotten traded somewhere else. Maybe New York is a team that could have gotten involved and maybe the Celtics take on someone like a Derrick Rose or an Emmanuel Quickly or one of those point guards, and Cam Reddish goes to New York, and you see some sort of a deal surrounding uh, a point guard from New York and Kevin Herter to the Celtics and Marcus Smart to Atlanta and Cam Reddish to um, uh, Cam Reddish to the Knicks. 
it's a possibility. But in any event, looking at this situation, Marcus Smart now seems like he's one player who is not going to get moved, but it's likely he could get moved more so than really anybody else outside of maybe Dennis Schroeder. Because I think he is in a lot of uh, different trade talks with, you know, all sorts of teams have had interest, whether that's Atlanta, Utah, Dallas, you name it. Um, those are the three most recent rumors. Um, so uh, there's always going to be rumors out there of potential Marcus Smart deals until something either takes place or they say, yeah, we're not going to do anything. And they kind of cement that. And until those words are said or he does get traded, then the rumors will come up. According to uh, Bleacher Report's Jake Fisher, again, uh, Smart could be obtained via trade, though the Celtics won't give him up easily. Here's a quote. Uh, it's a few weeks before the deadline, so it seems only fitting that Marcus Smart's name once again percolated in trade talks, but it will take significant value in return, sources say, for Boston to ever part with Smart. There's still a sense around the league that a healthy Celtics unit could fare far better down the stretch of this regular season than Boston's early growing pains under Ida Udoka. So, I do think that there is a chance the Celtics could trade Marcus Smart. And I think that's, you know, becoming more and more clear. Atlanta has needs at the defensive end, which is why they're looking for Smart. And they have shooters, which is what the Celtics need. You have other teams like Dallas who have Jalen Brunson, who is a point guard. Celtics need a point guard. Uh, I don't see Utah having anything that the Celtics want, especially seeing as Joe Ingles is the most likely trade candidate. Doesn't really seem like someone who is at this point in time uh, playing well and shooting well from three points. So, you know, in the article I'm reading, I'm reading an article on clutchpoints.com. So, um, the article talks about the Celtics' need for scoring is what they should look for in return for Smart. The Hawks could swap him for John Collins or try to build another package featuring Herder, which is what I threw out there. The article also looks at um, other places Marcus Smart could go, which is um, first one is Charlotte. And they look at some sort of a deal surrounding Kelly Oubre or P.J. Washington um, or trading Rozier back to Boston. And then they have Portland, the Trailblazers, and doing some sort of a deal around C.J. McCollum, which gives you scoring and a third star, if you will, around Tatum and Brown. And you could probably just trade Marcus Smart and Al Horford and whatever else needs to get involved. So... From a Celtics angle, it sounds like there's a chance that very soon Marcus Smart could be on the move. I don't know if he will, but it seems like there's a bunch of different articles coming out about potential you know, trades. And I think it's tough, but at the same time, it's something that I think needs to get done because they need a better you know, offensive point guard and someone who's a little bit more defensive um, also. And I think while Marcus Smart's great on defense, he's not the best offensively. So, you know, there's a chance that he potentially moves. And if they get rid of him, they get rid of him. If they don't, uh, then he sticks around. So I would say that um, he's probably going to stick around for the moment. But again, if the right price comes up, then um, I don't see any issues with him moving on. Um, so, uh, yeah, there's a chance that we see a Marcus Smart, uh, trade and, uh, we will go from there. So 
I want to start with some Red Sox stuff now, which is um, looking at potentially the Red Sox adding a free agent when the lockout lifts. And this is interesting uh, for a few reasons. So the Red Sox have said, uh, or at least Charm Bloom has said he wants to get an another right-handed bat in the lineup. And there have been rumors before the lockout that the Red Sox are one of the short list of teams interested and short list of teams that outfielder, Japanese outfielder, Saika Suzuki, are, he's interested in. Then there was the whole um, Twitter thing where he only followed the Red Sox, which everyone went crazy over that. I think he actually unfollowed them, so now he does not follow anyone. But um, there are rumors now, as of recent, that Seiyuka, or Seika Suzuki, according to Yahoo Sports Japan, the Red Sox might be the favorite to sign him as soon as this kind of out, uh, lockout uh, ends up lifting. So there was a report, I'm reading an article, Boston.com, a report from Yahoo Japan this week that says Red Sox could be the frontrunners to land Japanese star Saiya Suzuki to free agent deal, uh, and the team might reach an agreement with the outfielder when the MLB lockout lifts. So there were, as I mentioned before, reports of the Red Sox being interested, as well as the Blue Jays, the Yankees, and other teams, but a lot of different um, reports have been thrown out. Uh, a lot of people are saying he's actually like a great outfielder, and some people are saying he might be a better outfielder than uh, Shoei Otani, which I don't know if I believe that until I see it. But there is, in a lot of uh, different articles and a lot of different, you know, different sources saying that he is a very good outfielder. This article says he is a .309, and .943 hitter with 189 home runs and 621 RBIs and has earned five all-star nods and three gold gloves over nine pro seasons in Japan. And last season, three are .317 average with a career-high 38 home runs and 88 RBIs in 134 games in Japan. So, if he is somebody who um, is a choice for the Red Sox, he does fill the need as a right-handed bat. He does fill the need with an outfield um, spot. And I've mentioned before that I think the Red Sox need a better second baseman. Hernandez played second base a little bit last year and could move to second base again and could be the permanent second baseman with Jackie Bradley Jr. in center field, Alex Verdugo in left field, and Suzuki in right field. So if he is someone that actually um, does end up, um, if Suzuki is the guy that comes in, that would really help their team um, in the long run. So obviously um, the Red Sox have to wait until this lockout ends, which it's taking a while, but he could get there. Um, they have to also pay the CARP posting fees on top of the contract uh, they signed the outfielder to. So they would have to send the CARP percentages of the earnings of his first contract, 20% of the first $25 million on his contract, 17.5% uh, on his next $25 million, and 15% of any remaining money. If he, he's as good as they hope, the weight and extra expenses might be worth it. So if he is somebody who ends up coming to the Red Sox, which... I would honestly love to see that. It would make for a great situation um, in right field. Um, and I think that is a pretty good uh, 
situation if we end up seeing him make his way to the um, make his way to uh, the uh, Red Sox. Also, with the Red Sox, we have the Hall of Fame vote, which there is only one Hall of Famer that actually made it this year, which is David Ortiz, because the players such as Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens did not get in, despite being close to the vote because of uh, steroids. And I guess um, a lot of people are not happy uh, that Ortiz got in, and a lot of people are. According to Jose Canseco, he is not happy that Ortiz made it in the Hall of Fame. If Ortiz is in the Hall of Fame, so should other guys who used PEDs. Again, MLB screwed up. Talk about hypocrisy. But there's a few things. Um, Canseco used PEDs, and Ortiz only tested positive once, and it never really became anything. And um, obviously, you know, there's a bunch of other PED users who could be on the ballot long term, you know. A-Rod might get in at some point, Manny could get in at some point, and Canseco, I don't really know why he's saying that, but Ortiz has a very good career and is somebody who, to me, deserves to make it into the Hall of Fame, so congratulations to David Ortiz, congrats to everything going on with uh, him. So, next, I want to look at the Patriots, and I talked about this a little bit before, but I saw another article which came out, and the uh, it is uh, from SB Nation Patriots, and it's head titled, Josh McDaniels Raiders reportedly all in on him becoming Las Vegas' next head coach. Star appears to be alienating for Josh McDaniels to leave the Patriots this offseason. So according to um, a lot of different articles, uh, according to, I'm just reading this, uh, Pro Football Network, Aaron Wilson, the two sides are all in on McDaniels taking the vacant job. McDaniels is not expected to be the Patriots' only departure if he is hired by the Raiders. Director of Player Personnel Dave Ziegler would join him to become the next general manager. So, um, yeah, he's interviewing, and um, he would not have accepted the request if not seriously interested in the job. Uh, McDaniels informed the Raiders that he wouldn't accept their interview request unless he was being offered the job, per sources, and the Raiders told McDaniels that if and when he was offered the position, he needed to be prepared to accept. So I think both sides here are kind of like trying to figure it out, feel it out. I mean, McDaniels doesn't want to just leave the Patriots unless there's a head coaching spot open and it's given to him. Basically, they say, hey, this is open, it's going to you. I think for the Raiders, they want assurances because of what happened with Indianapolis, and they don't want him taking this, accepting it, and then being like, oh, by the way, I'm staying in New England because Robert Kraft stepped in. So if it gets to the point where he ends up as somebody who is in the shortlist and is the most prominent name on their uh, radar and ends up taking this job, um, it'll be tough for the Patriots, but at the same time, he doesn't want to go into this unless he knows there's a job open, and I think for the Raiders, they're kind of skeptical just because of what happened before, and so they don't want to make a mistake, and so it's kind of a tough balancing act for the Patriots, and a tough, tough balancing act for McDaniels, and a tough balancing act for the Vegas Raiders. Now, there is one thing I'd like to say, two parts uh, here. Um, number one, I think the Patriots don't have anyone in the wings waiting on offense that can take over. 
And two and more importantly, I don't think the Patriots are going to let Josh McDaniels leave because there's no other potential head coaching inside options long term. If Belichick ends up leaving or steps down or retires, I think McDaniels is the closest to a sure thing for someone inside the organization to take over when it's all uh, done for Belichick. So there is a lot riding here um, for the Patriots because if he does leave, that's an open hole at the offensive coordinator spot. Granted, I'm sure you could find somebody to fill it either on the outside or on the inside. But this is one of those positions that for at least the last couple of years, there hasn't really been any sort of turnover or change in scenery. And at the same time, I also feel like, you know, they've, at least for Belichick, he's given McDaniels a lot of sort of the coaching of the offense on his own without really being sort of somebody who butts in as much because he does have a lot of confidence that he can run the offense uh, especially well with Brady and now with Mac Jones. And so this is a tough for the Patriots if he does leave because there's nobody really who can step in and do all of this stuff. I also believe that potentially if it gets to the point where McDaniels could leave and go to the Raiders, I could see a small chance that Belichick ends up retiring or stepping down from head coaching and giving McDaniels this position. Either it's Robert Kraft saying, hey, we're going to promote him to head coach and you're going to kind of step out of the way, maybe just be a general manager, maybe just be sort of watching eyes from above. Uh, but if he's going to leave and they know he's going to leave, there's a chance that the Patriots could just say, hey, Bill, you've been a great head coach, but we're going to move on. And then Bill Belichick kind of helps out on defense and is a general manager and kind of like a, you know, assistant to the head coach, sort of like helping out on the sidelines and helping out with plays and all that stuff. But McDaniels would be the head coach. So if Belichick is planning on retiring sooner rather than later anyways, and this situation makes itself present where McDaniels is interested in going to Las Vegas and they're interested in him, I could see Belichick stepping down, at least from head coaching and promoting McDaniels from within because then, A, he can kind of build his offense around him. B, he already has a quarterback in Mac Jones who's there and you can build your team around Mac Jones and see it just works better for their team because there's no pipeline of really anyone else um, out there. I think, you know, there's a bunch of different, you know, head coaches um, who could take over, but I think having someone who knows the system on the inside would make a lot of sense. In terms of the coaching staff for the New England Patriots, there isn't really any big names, at least on the offensive side of the ball, that could potentially take over um, at any point in time. You know, if you look at the coaches that, you know, they have, the staff and whatnot, at least on offense, you have Ivan Fears, who's a running backs coach, who's a pretty good running backs coach, and I could easily see him being an offensive coordinator, but I don't know about a head coach. They also have um, Troy Brown, who obviously played for the Patriots for a long time, and also could be an offensive coordinator, but not someone who in my opinion, could be a head coach. And then there's countless other sort of smaller name guys who really, you know, kind of just, I don't see them really taking over in any sort of um, sort of role. You know, maybe if McDaniels takes over, the tight ends coach is Nick Cayley, 
who is from Ohio and actually went to John Carroll, which is where McDaniels went to school. So potentially he could take over as the offensive coordinator because of the connections in terms of um, going to the same school and being both from Ohio could be uh, something um, where I could easily see an offensive coordinator there. But in terms of at least being uh, a head coach, there really isn't any other um, options on offense. On defense, in terms of head coaching, I guess you could try uh, Matt Patricia, who's the senior football advisor, but he kind of failed at least uh, in his short tenure with the Lions, so I don't know if he'd be a good choice. There's also Gerard Mayo, who could be on the short list with the Houston Texans as a potential head coach and could be a head coach um, for the uh, um, Patriots if he's still there. But I just don't really think um, at the end of the day uh, he's going to get that job. So I think, you know, they're going to have to do something. And if these rumors are true and the rumors that Josh McDaniels is all in and the Raiders are all in on him being the next head coach, I think the Patriots have to kind of look at this and say maybe it's, you know, it's something that uh, we should try and stop in a sort of sense that they can just have Bill Belichick step down and still kind of be present with the Patriots but give the head coaching title to McDaniels. And so, you know, this is a big step for McDaniels because he spurned the Colts in 2018. If he spurns another team, it's going to really cause a lot of problems. So if he goes into this saying, I'm going to take the job, then he's going to have to take the job. If he goes into this saying, I'm sticking with New England, that's fine. He can't just do the same thing and be like, yeah, I think I'm going to, you know, go to Las Vegas and then later on take, you know, the job back in New England and say, yeah, I'm all set. So I think if the Patriots want him as their head coach, it seems like that's the, the case um, long term. Uh, I guess we'll see what happens. But in 2018, there had to be something that really pushed him back to New England because if you were the head coach in Indianapolis and you were picking your offensive and defensive coordinators, I feel like something important had to push you back and say, you know what, I'm not going to Indianapolis, I'm going to New England and staying in New England. Because if there wasn't somebody or something that pushed you in the direction to keep uh, going in New England, then maybe he would have actually just went to Indianapolis and not spurned them in the end of the day. And so part of me believes that whether it was Belichick or Kraft, both or just one of them, or just Kraft said that eventually you will take over as the head coach when Belichick retires. And I think if he does potentially leave for Las Vegas, then I could also see Robert Kraft doing the same thing and saying, you know, we're going to have to move on from Belichick, at least from head coaching and kind of slide McDaniels in, especially seeing as Mac Jones is there and, you know, you can kind of start this quarterback and head coach relationship. If he does go to Las Vegas, um, Tom Brady might be interested in leaving. We could see um, Tom Brady go to Las Vegas with a team that has more cap space and a team that has um, some young pieces, and there's a chance that potentially um, we could see that um, taking place. But for the Patriots, I think they should try and keep McDaniels as long as they can, even if that means making him the head coach because I think Belichick's done so much already. I think it's time to uh, move on from him, even though he is a great head coach. Maybe he can just be general manager or just be someone 
who kind of runs things from behind. <laughs>